0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Slam of Wrestling, my sub Supreet. And this is your AEW Dynamite review for November. What's the date?
1: Wait. It was November 10th.
0: Are you sure it was November 10th?
1: Yes, because today, while we are recording this, it's 12th.
0: Okay, then November 10th, 2021. This was the Go Home Show edition. Uh, of dynamite as we you know uh is this week this is full gear weekend yes
1: so it is wrong. yes it is the full gear weekend
0: so this show man Dy- this dynamite show was really solid like the wrestling was top notch and uh, really excited for full gear man. What, about what did you think about it
1: man i'm so uh, like we all are in full gear to the main event uh to the, to the main show and uh, the build the build has been top-notch and uh, as far as the, sma- the show is concerned, it was a very wrestling-heavy show, which is like pretty good and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the show like more than ever. The hype has been unreal, especially with the main event and all the other matches associated. So yeah, should be good.
0: Um, we'll talk about the entirety of this show, but before that. If you are new to Slam of Wrestling, then make sure to like, share, subscribe to all that fun stuff, check out all the content uh, links provided in the description below. But they started off Dynamite with Brian Danielson versus Rocky Romero. And if I'm not wrong, there is some history between the two. Or, um, can you elaborate on what the history is actually? actually-
1: so, I mean, as per what the commentators used to say, like both uh, Brian and Romero had trained in the LA Dojo of uh, New Japan. And uh, besides that, like they had competed. They had like a history between one another, you know, competing through various independent ranks in US, especially, especially PWG, where they were like uh, staple names. And uh, they, had, they had also said that uh, while these two guys had faced each other, during the best of the American Super Juniors in New Japan, Danielson had won versus uh, Romero. While the year after, uh, both Romero and Brian uh, Brian had faced in um, at some indie event. I I guess I'm not sure. And uh, Romero had won, but not by himself, by another moniker of uh, Tiger Mask, Bla- Black Tiger. I think I I'm, I might have I might have confused but uh, it could be either Tiger Mask or Black Tiger
0: I think it is Black Tiger, it is a spin-off version of Tiger Mask I guess
1: yeah uh, I think was Black Tiger once upon a time
0: yeah so technically that makes him the second ever Black Tiger I'm talking about second talking or third.
1: To... yeah second or third probably
0: <laughs> but uh, that's the history part, we heard more news and that is best friends and Orange Cassidy have are now members of the Chaos faction. That is uh, New Japan's, you know, premier faction run by Kazuchi Kaukar. So they are the bunch of new members here. So what do you think this is actually leading towards?
1: Um. Well, there is like a small bit of history as it is or Best Friends in Chaos as, like, the Best Friends tag team, which was uh, Chucky T Chucky and uh, Trent. They were already part of the Chaos faction. And before Best Friends were a thing, more or so, like, in Japan, Um Trent and uh, Rocky Romero were a tag team called uh, Roppongi Vice. So that's, like, a good continuity of the story. And uh, it's it's like the Best Friends never left. Uh, never left faction mm-hmm. because uh, you know it's like how Lance Archer was still part of Suzuki Goon after uh, you know after he signed for AW and AW and New Japan weren't working so this was pretty much the same deal and it, with bonus you get uh, Orange Cassidy Chris Tatlander and now Wheeler Yuta who are also part of the faction which is cute and uh, you never thought that you would see a day where both the Rainmaker Kazuchika Okada and Orange Cassidy would be in the same stable. Hell, uh, Orange Cassidy and Toru Yano are in the same stable. So imagine the eruption.
0: The, this is some insane thing to me. But uh, all things are pointing towards the Rainmaker coming to AW, Yes, uh, and
1: in they've just been a couple o- of weeks. Yes, they've been openly teasing that on uh, the show as well. Because, you know, you wouldn't actively name drop him unless you're going to do something like ECE uh excuse me yeah they even mentioned ECE a lot of times so probably we might get to see stone pitbull in aw as well and once if he comes to aw then uh, i so badly want him to face both brian and miro a week after the other
0: and uh, coincidentally, both men are actually. I'm talking about Okada and Ishii are in the States and they'll be having their own, you know, you know pay per view commitment, not full gear actually. It's Battle of the Valley, Michigan, of the Valley. So here in the States. Yes. It's happening on the same day as full, full gear. gear is taking place.
1: Yes. And uh, just to point out, Okada is facing uh, Buddy Matthews, formerly known as Buddy Murphy in WWE. Which should be like, which should be a great match it's like the bastardized version of Okada and Omega, because Buddy Murphy has like most of his moves, moveset move set is from Kenny Omega, and uh, I don't know who Ishii is facing. Is it Moose or did that happen already? Uh,
0: I think uh, Ishii is facing uh, switchblade Jay White for the never open never match open
1: weight, and if Ishii loses, he'll never get a championship. Uh, yeah. Again. That is something. Should be good.
0: uh, Yeah, like we said, uh, there's a chance we see those guys over here in AEW and having these dream matches should be good. But what do you think about this match, man? Brian Danielson versus Rocky Romero. I thought it was pretty solid. Like always, Brian Danielson just kills it in the ring. Rocky Romero has proven to be a good enough wrestler, and I thought it was a good wrestling match.
1: Yes, it, it was a very good, uh, it was like a pure wrestling match. And uh, Brian Danielson has been killing it since he's joined AEW. Like he's wrestled almost every week on the show, which is good to see. Like V8 Rampage or uh, Dynamite, he's been like a constant presence on either show. And I like how the story that they've told, like, you know, Brian was trying to uh, prepare for his match with Miro and the commentators were like is he sane enough to you know take this match just a few days before he's facing a monster of a man like Miro which is putting Miro over as well and uh, like they were telling a story of how like you know they they know each other for so long and then Romero was going for his old tricks like he was trying to lock in the cross arm break of the Juji Kitami and Brian had like a counter for each and every move that Romero was doing. So also shows the technical wizard of Brian Danielson, which is, as we know, like there is not enough words to be said about Brian Danielson, the wrestler, and we are getting to watch this in a weekly format, which is awesome. And uh, yeah.
0: So uh, I think Danielson got the win with the single, you call it.
1: single leg Boston Crab.
0: Uh, I thought he was going for the label lock, but he turned out to use another finisher, which is a story that is going on for weeks now.
1: Yes, uh, he's been, like, almost every, like, different match, yeah, almost every match that he's won has been with a different submission or a different different finish entirely, which which also shows, like, you know, the type of wrestler Brian Danielson is. You know, like, he defeated Suzuki with uh, Busai Kuni. Then he defeated um, Dustin with the guillotine choke. And, uh, like, he's been winning his other matches against, like, you know, these low-card talent Like uh, I was going to say Bivins, Anthony Bowens with uh, label Lock. And uh, now yesterday with uh, Rocky Romero with the single-leg Boston Crab. So, that's also a story that they've telling us and uh, yeah and uh, um i like the fact that
0: rocky romero came out to Pongi Wise team yes because all of his teams that he uh, by the way he does all his own things he produced by like he's a rap artist a you know musician himself so he basically created all these teams and all those theme songs he creates are pretty dope, but I like this one a little bit, I guess.
1: Yes, even the Ropongi 3K song that he did for uh, show, in, show Tanaka and Yohei Matsu while well, he was managing them, that theme was also pretty solid.
0: Anyways, man, really good match. And I like the story of uh, Orange Cassidy and the best friends getting... In the Chaos Faction. So there you go, man. But what did we have next on this
1: show? So we had a... We had a inner circle town hall segment slash promo as often that they do. But instead of having a promo, it was more of a beatdown segment by the American Talk team, which was like something fresh. Because like in the inner circle town hall segments had gotten so repetitive that it became a meme of its own. Like every time I think it was during the Jericho MJF feud while MJF was still part of the inner circle. They used to do these segments every single week. And then there is like some variation of it or the other, like there is uh Jericho, the war they had the thing, right. When, uh, before the war games match that they had, it was something called war council or something, and then Jericho yes. and Jericho has a debate, and then there's a press conference, and then Inner Circle says goodbye. So it became a meme of its own. So it's like well, an inner. Is
0: it the Chris Jericho or Inner Circle uh, thing that became a meme, or was it Eddie Kingston? Because I think Eddie Kingston had this one graphic. Where it said, Eddie Kingston tonight addresses his
1: enemies. (laughs) Someone put a Tony Khan's picture on it. So, Tony Khan addresses his enemies whenever. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this was the... Tony Khan,
0: did you hear that uh, uh, media call for full year?
1: I went through it like bits and pieces. And I heard like he didn't have... Like, people didn't have a good enough impression of him uh, talking about women's wrestling
0: um i think he interrupted like someone asked about you know the current state of women's wrestling over in aw and also compared it to other promotions like other promotions are doing all women's kind of pay per view, and then he interrupted this uh said journalist or uh, and said that he actually like when this nwa thing was happening with Nepal. the women's paper you actually sent his talent and he actually paid them. He paid extra uh, for these talents who were performing in these NWA shows and they were one of the most uh, highest paid wrestlers on that card. Something like that. And he was kind of disappointed that NWA didn't give a lot of credit to Tony Khan.
1: Hmm. I mean, I don't have any comments on that, so I'll just leave it at that.
0: But anyways, man, I don't think you could be much critical about the women's division. I think it's a slow process. It's growing.
1: yes, they've and... like put in a lot more efforts into improving it. so that says something. But even though like you know they were hit by the pandemic and of course, like while they were trying to build a name of themselves, and of course, it was going to be a long journey. and there were always hindrances with the women's division, be it like you know, Physically, in terms of injuries or the, the pandemic or whatever may have you, but he's always he's put in some effort to at least you know make make it mean something. So I think that speaks a lot. He, like I'm not defending Tony Khan here, but uh, that's what I'll say about the women's vision.
0: Um, but we are talking about the inner circle, they were about to have this segment, but uh, they are attacked uh, midway through the entrance by American top team and men of the year. And I have to say, man, this uh, American top team, the MMA fighters, it is something to watch them have a brawl.
1: Yeah, the other guy, I forgot his name, Dalton Rooster or something. He was just like casually punching Jericho. Like, not casually. It's like the softly. He's just doing this. He's like, this is Jericho's hand and this is doing.
0: Yeah. Basically, they can't throw work punches. They don't know how to do that.
1: (laughs) Which is pretty weird. Uh, This is like one example that I had uh, with Ronda Rousey. Like, she could sell punches super because she she has been punched in the face so many times. And she was like, Like she, I I really like Ronda Rousey's time as a pro wrestler. But uh, coming back to this, yeah, I mean, they they can't throw work punches for shit. (laughs) The American top team that is. And uh, it took a while until this really went somewhere. Because the the brawl on the stage slash entrance ramp wasn't that good until that uh, Dan Lambert... uh, So the men of the year, like they beat up Jericho and they produce a a table into the ring. And uh, they set the table up and Dan Lambert is uh, standing on the top turnbuckle and they hand Jericho to Dan Lambert to give him a powerbomb onto the table. And then after that, uh, Ethan Page cuts a promo saying that uh, this is what the men of the year are uh, willing to do for the American top team and Dan Lambert. And he was like... uh, Dan Lambert at the full year, we make, we'll make sure that Dan Lambert pins Chris Jericho, but for today, we'll try to make sure that uh, Dan Lambert submits Chris Jericho. So, Dan Lambert locks him and locks Chris Jericho into the walls of Jericho, uh, into the walls of Jericho. And then uh, Ethan Page cuts the problem. He's like, "Hey Dan, tell him how you feel." And then Dan is like, "You stupid idiot! It's a Boston crab." Uh, in so <laughs> then he was just giving the history of the move, like in uh, nineteen seventy-five, Championship Wrestling from Florida. Championship wrestling. Yeah, Championship Wrestling from Florida, and he gave the wrestler's name. I don't remember at this point, and that's that's the end of this segment. And he's just flexing with the American Top Team, which is hilarious. All in all. I mean, as the brawl itself wasn't that great, but the Dan Lambert part was uh, amazing. What, what did you think about it?
0: Yeah, like Dan Lambert still is a hit and miss, mm. but at least he gets heat.
1: Yes. And uh, like with him, it's weird. Like I had mentioned before, like when he cuts the promos or when he does something, if it's really good, it goes up. But when he does the same thing over and over again, then it's just like a just stay stagnant. So you don't really get interested. Yeah,
0: but the people still manage to hate him, hate his goods.
1: I mean, there are more reasons why, which I won't get into after. I mean, that's beyond pro wrestling. So,
0: but, anyways, did you notice that part where? Like I said, these MMA fighters don't know how to throw a work punch. They didn't even know what to do in this segment because they don't know how to have a brawl or something like that. There was this part where Junior Dos Santos was actually being ordered what to do by Sky. Did you see that? Hmm. Uh,
1: This was while he was throwing a punch to Sammy Guevara, right? On the ribs. And he had some kendo stick as well.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Yeah.
1: They didn't really but, address the candlestick, so probably that's going to be a feature in the match.
0: Yeah, that, that is uh, that's what you're going to expect in the Minneapolis street fight.
1: Yeah, are you excited for this match? Though?
0: Absolutely not, man. Uh, it's it just on. It's a match that's just on the card.
1: Yeah, just for the buzz.
0: Yeah, I think like Abby says, it's just to get the big names on the board.
1: Yes, and uh, it's like a possible environment of for Masvidal. since it's a street fight. There are no rules, so Masvidal can get involved and uh, punk Jericho, and also Paige Van Van. So that is probably like a way for her, to, for her, and for Masvedal to transition into pro wrestling, because. Uh, I think it was on Dan Lambert. Dan Lambert and Masvidal, they appeared on a podcast and they said that they were thoroughly enjoying AEW. And uh, for Masvidal, he was like, after his next few fights, he wants to move to pro wrestling. So call it what you Uh,
0: want. Let's see, man. Let's see. Uh, Let's see if these guys can pull off a Ronda Rousey. Hmm, Let's see. Hey, Imagine a Ronda Rousey, Pageman and Wrestling
1: I mean, would be a good one. I'm not sure about Paige Van Zandt as a wrestler yet because, I mean, she hasn't done so. She's an MMA fighter, and uh, like I've mentioned, her, her fighting career isn't going that well. And uh, I used to watch a lot of MMA back then, but now it's slowed down. So I ask my friends who watch MMA, uh, how good is she? They're like, she's not that great as a fighter. And her husband is even worse, which is saying something. So, hmm. yeah.
0: At least she has some name well.
1: She does, but with things that is not related to Max Martial Arts, which is funny.
0: Anyways, man, uh, we, uh, talked about our thoughts on this feud. It's just there on the card. I hope we get the payoff, man. Like I predicted, I want Hasbulla to walk out on the stage and punch someone in the face.
1: Yeah, I would love I would love if Hasbullah beats the shit out of Chris Jericho. And that's for shoot.
0: You want a swerve? Yes. Well, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, moving on, uh, we had a trios match. This is involving the women's. We had Dr. Fred Baker, the MD. Uh, she was teaming up with Jamie Hater and uh, Rebel. So they were facing Anna J. Thunder Rosa and Ty Conti. It's basically, you could say, uh, this match came about because technically uh, all all women in this match are involved in their respective feuds. Like, we have Thunder Rosa and Jim Hater. They will be having a, you know, a TBS, match in their TBS. Yes, mm-hmm. TBS championship tournament. Ty Conti, Britt Baker, they are having the women's match at, sorry, women's championship match at the pay-per-view. And this match turned out to be good. Man, crowd were involved, and uh, I loved it.
1: Yeah, I mean, if the if the only good, I mean, I'm being overly critical about this. Like, the crowd involvement was what made the match really good. But as a match by itself, it was a pretty botchy one because like they were they kept forgetting their spots, and there were like very various instances where you know they could have improvised on a lot of spots. Like, for example. When uh, both Jamie Hitter and uh, Britt Baker were beating up Ty Conti in a 2 on 1 assault, the baby faces were just standing there at the uh in their tag corners. And then when Ty was trying to you know set everyone up on the corner for her pump kicks, Britt was just standing there and then she just casually walks to the other turnbuckle. So, yeah, there are like it was a very botch filled match, but I'm not gonna hold it against them uh thunder rosa looked superb as she always is i mean i love thunder rosa that i haven't said it enough on this uh podcast and i thought she was like the best worker in this match she like really shone through and of course tae at uh, in her build-up to the match versus baker so all in all i think the crowd involvement the crowd was super hot into it and uh, they were enjoying every moment of it which was which is to be expected from a wrestling match and of course like you know when the crowd is so heavily involved into the match that is what makes a match you know grow in value so yeah all in so, all i felt that this match was good but mostly because of the crowd and less because of the spots but i'm not going to criticize them further and uh, yeah all that was it was a great in it was a great match as it is
0: what was the finish of this match again?
1: It was uh, Ty Conti hitting, uh, hitting Rebel with a Thai DT because Baker was trying to distract the ref but then she just casually walks away and uh, I think it was Tori Shivani or Excalibur saying that uh, she it, uh, she, uh, she made a calculated business decision because she doesn't want to get beat up before the before the women's title match so I thought that was a bit hilarious, and uh, yeah, there you go, that was the finish to the match. Yeah, Uh,
0: nothing much to say, really good match, I think uh, this is a trend here, like, every match on this Dynamite card, like, it delivered, I guess, on a wrestling standpoint.
1: You could say that, and yeah, it was good. But
0: uh, what did we have next on this show?
1: So, um, just one moment. Is, yeah, we had, uh, just after this, we had, uh, look at the just juxtaposition here. Uh, we had Jungle Boy versus Anthony Bowens. And obviously, we had Max Caster talk shit about uh, Jungle Boy and, uh, you know, his relationship with Anna Jay. Just to look edgy and uh, yeah, that that was brutal, man. That was brutal. Yeah, it was it was a one but I felt it was unnecessary, but that's just me. But like at least yeah,
0: at least Tony Khan approved it. We have no word to say about that. Sure. He approved it. It's, if it's, it's fine for him, then it's fine for us as well.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you like what I tell you, they like. Um yeah, it's of... not
0: getting cancelled anymore. <laughs>
1: Speaking of which, uh, Max Caster's rap on Brian Danielson this past Friday on Rampage. Man, oh man, that was some level of destruction.
0: Yeah, the Thanksgiving dinner at the Danielson household will be strange.
1: Yes. And, like, you, it wasn't even that long after, you know, the, the, the releases... And it was like a very fresh topic at that time. And Max Cluster just went hell for leather on that, which was, which was very funny. And I love how both Taz and Excalibur were cracking at it. Like Taz lost his shit and Excalibur was often like stoic. Even he, he was like, nah, fuck, I'm going to laugh so hard.
0: Yo, everyone loves their claim.
1: Yeah. And the... Uh, Speaking of, everyone loves the acclaimed while they were doing the taunt. I loved how Jungle Boy kept asking them about that, you know, like the taunt that they do.
0: Yeah, what is that?
1: Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I'm not going to explain any further on this podcast since it's a PG show, but let it be.
0: But uh, the story here is that we are getting a more aggressive Jungle Boy thanks to everything that's going on. Between him and his gang and the Super Click, so we saw some highlights of that in this match. It's really going hard on Anthony Bones. Anthony Bones is a really good talent. I could say, like he could hang in with the great wrestlers. Like he had a decent enough match with Danielson. Another decent match here with Jungle Boy. So good for him.
1: Yeah, the five, the five tool player, as he calls himself. And he's gotten a lot of singles opportunities by himself, you know. Especially when, especially when Max Caster was in trouble for his rap before, and whenever he's put into these matches, he's looked pretty strong. And he's also an up and up and coming talent, you know, who's just slowly progressing through the ranks, which is good to see. And it's always it's always good, like you know, even when like there's a talented wrestler, a tag team wrestler who gets singles opportunities and he gets to shine through. So it worked in that sense, and they are. I feel that they are building bones for something, uh, for some opportunity or the other. Like uh, if you remember when Bowens was injured, Max Castillo had these solo opportunities, and he was being used very regularly. And at the same uh-huh. time, at the same time, like, uh, he was also part of that uh, ladder match on at Revolution, you know, for the field, for the TNT Championship with the Sonic ring on top.
0: Yeah, that's, that rap uh, on that particular match he did, that was the, you could say, that's when the Acclaimed and Max Caster started hitting a peak.
1: Yes. And like even before that, you know, when uh, they were doing this rap versus the Young Bucks before the tag match or something, uh, before the tag title match, I should say. And he mentioned John Cena on uh, AWTV. So I think that's when everyone started to notice how great the achievements were. And it just went, it just kept uh, rising their stock that is and uh, i think their peak was probably when uh, <laughs> when max caster did a rap on uh, double or nothing and he was talking about uh, christian cage he's like he used to be cool when he really had an edge and then christian's like what the fuck's he saying and uh, i think yeah he was like he said dustin's knee or something like that but i thought that was their peak and i uh, after that, they didn't really do much, and beyond that, like you know, they had the troublesome rap. And uh, after that, here we are.
0: The like the thing with the double or nothing bit was not the rap. The fact that this guy got one of the largest, biggest reactions of the night yeah. on double or nothing.
1: Everyone so, loves oh, their man, claimed are great. Yeah, they are. They really are. But so, uh, coming back to this match, uh, I thought it was, like you mentioned, it was a decent enough match as well. Uh, like, they were showing more aggressive side to Jungle Boy since he hasn't shaved his beard. So he's looking rugged and aggressive. And uh, the, the Young Bucks, it's, it's also a character development for Jungle Boy. You know, he's like his happy-go-lucky self every week. And the fans love him. But now he's just showing a more aggressive side. Like, how... When the push comes to shove, how aggressive he can be.
0: Is it is it character development or is he following no
1: shave November? Probably. That. I mean, I can't say for myself here, but uh, that's also probably a thing.
0: And By the way, were you watching the show on the fight feed?
1: Yes, I was watching on fight.
0: Did you notice that one spot where they were fighting on the outside? Anthony Bowen got into it. some fan's face.
1: Yeah, the fan was flipping uh, Bowen's off, and uh, Bowens was like, "Hey, what?" Oh, then they ha- they got into a heated argument, and then like the security, security, and Aubrey had to come and like you know hold Bowen's back, and then Caster was just like, "You messed up, buddy," and then he was like, "Shush," and then they continued with the match.
0: So, uh, the finish of the match was Jungle Boy locked in this near trap for the submission win sorry submission win and there you go but we had a little post-match bit here we saw bobby fish coming out and uh, basically sneak sneak attacked jungle boy here and completely beat the shit out of uh jungle boy here and left him dead uh before you know christian cage and luchasaurus made the save but uh, sticking to the Bobby Fish topic, we saw another backstage bit. Can you elaborate what, what happened here?
1: So, Bob, uh, it's a super cut cutter promo and they're like, how, how does it feel to see Jungle Boy get his ass whooped? And uh, Nick Jackson does this bit from Arrested Development with the Pakaia thing. And uh, Adam Cole is like, uh, yeah, we did this. We want to beat Jungle Boy up so bad. But... Guys, let me introduce you to uh, someone I know who did it for us, Bobby Fish. So we had like a mini Undisputed Era reunion over here. And then, of course, as to be expected, the Elite went for those references. Like uh, Matt was talking to Bobby Fish. He's like, I know who he is. Like we've had a good history. And he's like, just to make it clear, uh, there is no dispute in AEW that the the Elite are the biggest faction in uh, pro wrestling. And uh, this is the era of the elite and the era of super click. So they were just throwing in these uh, references and then Adam and Bobby, they had like some resolute between each other. So they were like, yeah. So what happened is uh, I think, yeah, it was Cole who suggested to have this match. So we are getting Bobby fish versus jungle boy on rampage tonight which is 24 hours before the pay-per-view. And then he's like, beat him so bad and leave some for us so that we can finish the job. So, the elite is really looking to dismantle Jungle Boy, like, once and for all.
0: There you go, man. There you go. And this segment, what they did was maybe planting the seeds uh, in the future.
1: For an undisputed error reunion. But... But
0: See, man. Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly's contract is coming up on December.
1: Yes. I can't wait for that. And I hope he comes to AW. I don't want him to stay there anymore, which is a bit harsh for me to say. But he's not doing anything much over there, which after his uh, proposed, you know, big feud with Cole getting over and... It was supposed to propel him to bigger and better things in uh, in uh, NXT, but we got NXT 2.0 instead, which really killed his push. But go hear ahead. me out, hear me out, okay? Um, okay, I had said in the past that I wouldn't mind a reunion of the Undisputed Era if you know it's like a wink wink nudge nudge thing. I would like to see Red Dragon, Red Dragon, Red Dragon be a thing in AEW as part of the tag ranks, but. I'm not really looking forward to an Undisputed Era reunion in AEW because uh, it it was more of a WWE thing. Like, you know, we got three wrestlers from Ring of Honor. Just compile them and have them them be a thing, which turned out to be one of the biggest things NXT ever did. But I hope it sticks to that. Maybe, you know, they could do a reunion if, you know, the timing is right. Like if Adam Cole breaks from the Elite and... uh, You know, if he has his own boys to face Kenny and the Bucks. But I think there is another, there's a big theory that is floating around with concerning another wrestler who has history with Cole and the Bucks. So if Kenny, if the way the Kenny story is going, probably they might, you know, include, you know, Kevin Steen is also reportedly finishing up with WWE in uh, January. So they might do that, like reunite Mount Rushmore and have Kenny kicked out of the elite and make it Brown Rushmore.
0: I don't know. A lot of possibilities there.
1: Yeah, which which makes the entire ordeal great, isn't it? It's like you it have does. you have a lot of things to look forward to within the story. There are multiple possibilities of where this could go, and none of them will disappoint you. You know what I mean?
0: We'll have to wait and see. Yeah, uh, speaking about Kevin Owens, uh, did you see that image? I'm not seeing Roth for a while now, but I think there was now he has a titan tron where it says, Keep fighting for just keep, another just three keep,
1: yeah, just keep fighting. And uh, I think there was a fan for followers account who mentioned like for another three months, and he even they even, men- they even mentioned it on uh, live TV that, um. He's, his contract might be coming up soon, so he's like, I don't. Uh, Steen was like, or Owens was like, I don't care if it's for three months or the next three years. I'm gonna, as long as I'm here, yeah, I'm gonna keep just keep fighting. And then Biggie, being Biggie, was like, um, just so you know, there is only one face on Monday, right? Rob? This is at Mount Rushmore, so they are go. They are also openly teasing whatever the possibility is, but. I really hope Kevin, Kevin's team joins AW.
0: There you go, man. There you go. But uh, th- that is regarding Kevin Owens. But what did we have next on Dynamite?
1: We had, uh, yeah, we finished with the segment between uh, Cole and Fish. And after that, we had a tag match, which is Dante Martin and uh, Leo Rush, the debuting Leo Rush on Dynamite versus Matt Seidel and Lee Moriarty.
0: And uh, just like the rest of the match, this also turned out to be a good one, man.
1: Yeah, this was a really good match. And uh, which is no surprise given the talent involved. Because Sidal is awesome. You know, he deserves more credit for being an awesome wrestler. And Moriarty, they really put a lot of focus on Martin and uh, Moriarty. So, this is like Mm -hmm. something you can look forward to in the future not the immediate future but in future and of course like you know the main story was jungle boy's debut uh, sorry fuck leorash's debut was, debut yeah the leorash's debut in aw in uh, on dynamite rather live on dynamite in 9 days where the the keep the memes coming so yeah leorash looked like a power ranger in this match right with his bodysuit and yeah. He was like, it was like a typical Rush sequence where, uh, like, the start of the match, he's just continuously evading the aggressor. He's like, you know, running through the ropes and then escaping him and then trying to look for ways to, you know, jump ahead of him and just do some good l- lucha shit. And then we had Dante Martin. Like, Dante Martin is really growing into an all round performer in AEW, which is saying a lot. And also giving a lot of praise to him. And he's been compared, like, as far as I've seen, he's been compared a lot to an early 2000 AJ Styles, which was like a freak of an athlete. So that's really saying something about Dante, where how high he can go.
0: And uh, speaking about high, did you see his sunset pin he does?
1: Yes. It looks
0: like he gets higher and higher as the days go by.
1: Yeah, he, they even did that spot on Rampage when uh, Dante and uh, Sidal fought for the third time. And like, it was a good callback to the second match that they had where Dante was doing a sunset flip in in like a view of a sunset. So that's, that's what I'm reminded of. And he always does it. He does every move that he does, he does it like, you know, crisp and clean for a high flyer, which is again, like, you know, it's, Top-notch stuff from that
0: day. And uh, did you hear that uh, chant for Lee Moriarty? You know, they did a soccer chant for Moriarty. Oh, Lee yeah,
1: Moriarty. it was in it was in the theme of uh, Seven Nations Army, the White Stripes song, right?
0: Yeah, and I think he, even that ch- uh, chant took... I think Lee Moriarty didn't even expect that. I think he stated it somewhere on social media.
1: Hmm, probably. Uh, they do the same chant for Zaxi juniors as well.
0: Um, not in that's... Japan,
1: not in Japan, but wherever else he is, especially in the UK,
0: anyways. But uh, regarding this match, uh, we see uh Leo Rush and uh Dante Martin picking up the win. Dante got the win after hitting the moonsault press, and there you go. Man, so I don't know, there could be a situation for a couple of weeks now, they could be a legit tag team until darius Martin comes back we don't know what's the status on him but uh, we'll have to wait and see
1: yeah i would love to see uh, Leo Rush and uh, top flight being a trio like previously we had told leorash and private party to be a to be a trio stack trio team but i would love if uh, Leo Rush partners with top flight and becomes a trio which would be awesome so much better than a probable Leo Rush and uh, private party
0: We'll have to wait and see. The Trio, I think uh, once they really, you know, start establishing the fact that the trio's championship are coming, then we'll see a lot of this uh, trios forming. And this, that's the one you stated here, is actually a great one with Leo teaming up with Time for tough line.
1: Yes, and there are a lot of trios already, like Super Tech is there Christian and uh, Jurassic Express. And in the middle we had seen Mox, Eddie, and Darby. So now it's both Mox and Eddie's situation as is now. They we don't we can't see them turning heel and similar to Darby. So I think they're also they're also going to be a trio for, for a while now. So great stuff.
0: But uh, should we talk about this warlow and wheeler Utah match or did we have something else before this match?
1: No, we can get into this match quick. <laughs>
0: And I think this was a very impromptu match. Like, we had six matches on this card.
1: Yes, we did.
0: And, uh, like, there is actually no story. Like, Wheeler Yuta, he has had some dynamite appearances. I think it's been a while since we've seen on TV, right? Wrestling.
1: Yes, wrestling is a good word. He's been regularly featured on Dark and Elevation every week as a wrestler. And uh yeah.
0: So this was your uh typical squash match here, like Wheeler V Utah tried to get some offense, but uh Wardlow looked super strong at one point. He was hitting a bunch of power bombs.
1: Five power and bombs the crowd
0: wo- how mo- how many power bombs did he hit? Five power bombs, and the crowd chanted one more time, one more time, so it would end up Multiple power bombs and then you did your favorite finish, your favorite Wardlow finish, the knee strike in the corner and that I was it like. for Wheeler-Utah. Dominant victory for Wardlow. I'm suspecting a big Wardlow push here for something.
1: They've been teasing it for some time. So, you're not really sure where that is going. But uh, let's wait and watch with where that goes, because they've also they, they've sown the seeds long enough for Wardlow turning on MJF, but now I think like it's close to reaching its tipping point where uh, you know they MJF has been openly deriding him for you know being a bit quote unquote useless, and now he has like Sean Spears to look look watch out for him.
0: Um, yeah, but uh, can they do something like they did tease, like you know, we thought we were gonna expect punk versus world at the pay per view?
1: Yeah, I mean, now it was you can they get to that. teased it, they teased it for a while, like while punk was you know just berating MJF openly on commentary, but that is to be expected from CM Punk because well, it's CM Punk. But yeah, they besides that, they didn't really do much. And the most speculations were also thanks to Tony Khan's leaked card for years. So that was the reason why you know we were trying to sense that make sense out of how they are going to approach that match. But now we are in an entirely different direction.
0: And now I can see that match happening.
1: But seeing on a dynamite
0: will be presented.
1: Yeah, but on a dynamite instead of.
0: The pay-per-view. Mm, yeah, I think I think that was the right decision of not giving Wardlow versus Punk. Instead, we got Kingston versus Punk, which is something else. Oh man.
1: So speak.
0: And yeah. Yeah, I think it's time to transition into that part. Like we had to get something from Kingston and Punk on this dynamite. Like throughout the night, I think we, they showed some highlights of rampage. Yeah, they showed a good package for the pay-per-view. I think we're going to see it uh, in the countdown to full gear.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, there was another fresh thing that they did in the parking lot. Like, they were about to have it, this big fight. We see wrestlers and officials operating them. Like, there was, they, there, is the, there is some intensity and some real legitimacy hit between these two guys. And it comes across your TV, which is great stuff. And that promo at Rampage was top notch. I'm relating this.
1: Yeah. And to think of it, they didn't really have much time to build to this. And one promo was enough for you to sell it, which speaks volumes about the gift of Gap that both of these guys have. Like Punk is a supreme talker. We all know that. But it, I feel this promo really helped Eddie Kingston. If you already knew how great of a promo he was, now it reached to a more casual viewer. If, you know, whoever is watching AW just casually. So this promo from Eddie was like a highlight. It's like the, everyone now knows how great Eddie Kingston is, which, is, which really, really warms my heart. Because uh, just over this week, The uh, Eddie Kingston put out this uh, Players Tribune article. So, like every athlete, wrestler, or like wrestlers a few, but every uh, footballer or any athlete in general, they usually post these uh, autobiographical articles on the website. And Eddie Kingston put out his this past, uh, I think it was Tuesday, and he was talking about his mental health struggles, how he bounced back from that, and uh, how where is he right now, which is like an inspirational story by itself. So this has done a great job of putting Eddie Kingston over, but now on a more mainstream sense, which is awesome. And uh, this match, like you've you said it right like you know it's comes off pretty well that they have legitimate heat but uh that's that is the power of eddie kingston you know like whenever he cuts a promo you know that it's real especially when he talks about his mental health issues he is and he's gone on to record to say that like he's uh whatever he speaks about his mental health is for shoot he doesn't Want to work anyone on that, but there you go. That is the power of Eddie Kingston.
0: And uh, about this feud with punk, it is very strange because at one uh, point you figure out, yes, punk is the heel, Eddie Kingston is the babyface. And then uh, Kingston goes into delusional mode, and that makes him the heel and punk the organic babyface. It's very strange
1: yeah and it's not the, none of these guys are outright eels or faces if anything both are baby faces with valid answers and uh, i don't think neither one is going to turn i hope at least i hope not and uh, especially like both of them have like a bit of antihero casualness for both uh, like both of these guys do and uh, at the same time, they both are also like, you know, organic baby faces, as everyone loves them, you know, for reasons beyond wrestling. So, yeah, I mean, it's a bit strange. And if you look at, have you, have you checked out Eddie's promo on uh, Road 2?
0: I did see that. That was great.
1: It was great. Like, they were teasing a bit sadistic Eddie Kingston, but... That was also more into his, uh, you know, him being trapped into his metal cage. How is he, like, he's talking about Punk, how he's so beloved. And Eddie, who's fought his own battles. How has he, come, he finally got on top? And now he's not, he, fee- he feels that he's not getting the same recognition he deserves. So, yeah, like, you've said, you said it pretty well that none of them, like, on one hand, you could see one is a heel. The other is like the baby face. And you can flip, flip the script as well. But on a more grander scheme, none of these guys are outright heels. They are just great, beloved baby faces, but with you know different uh, different arcs, rather.
0: Bro, this feud for a two week build is like the most exciting match on the card. If you want to exclude Hangman and Omega, yes,
1: that I- story
0: is that is who you could say. It has been a thing, could say long-term build, but for a two-week thing, this is absolutely great.
1: Yes. And like I mentioned, that's the power of both of these guys, you know, on the mic and beyond. But and this is also like a one of the very unpredictable matches on the card, just like a lot of a lot of the matches. And you either whoever whoever wins this match is going to come out on top. Because Eddie's this promo from Eddie Kingston was like a rejuvenation of his chances. And uh, everyone's expecting Punk to win as it is because of his undefeated streak so far. And neither of them I like, this is my prediction, a very minor one, that whoever loses is still going to look very, very, very strong in defeat.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like, at this point, I think it's still unpredictable on who's going to come out as the winner. We'll talk about it in the prediction as we wrap wrap up this review but yeah man, really looking forward to it same here man but uh, they did a similar thing with MJF and uh, Darby Allen like did a promo package similar to the Punk thing I think this is also going to be part of the countdown deal so that story is also it's been there I think at the before the K- Kingston and Punk story came about, it was the second best thing going at the full full gear card, but it's still good.
1: Yes, I mean, it is great because they're highlighting the future of the company with both MJF and Darby Allen. because I mean, both of these are like two of the two, like a half of the four pillars in AEW, so... MJF, Darby, Jungle Boy, and Sameh Kavara. So this is like just a highlight of that. And that has been the main story if you look at it. Because MJF has been openly mentioned. It, like, uh, you know, all these analysts and commentators, like, yeah, analysts rather, they were giving their thoughts on this. Like you had Excalibur, Tony Schiavone. And then in the middle, you see like a bit, like MJF saying, ah, the four pillars are canon now. And then you have Excalibur continuing his uh, thing, open head rather.
0: But uh, yeah, man, Uh, that should be a a good match at the pay per view. But uh, before we talk about uh, this Dax Harwood versus Park match, did we have anything else or should we get to it?
1: Yeah, we should rather get to it.
0: Basically, this was your main event of the night. And uh, yet another great match, man. On the card. And I think they gave a lot extra time to this match, seeing that technically this was the main event. Know.
1: Yes. And uh, like there was a pre built story to this because I mean, there are a lot of uh, arcs all etched into one because, of course, you know, Andrade is feuding with that triangle. And uh, like he was feuding with that triangle all this while. And uh, he, now he has FTR to do his dirty work with all the money. And FTR is now feuding with Lucha Bros as well for the tag titles. So, it's like all of these stories intertwining, which is great.
0: And this match, man, this really solid match, crowd loved it. And at one point, we even hear the crowd saying, this is wrestling.
1: This, This is wrestling indeed. And if you've noticed, like, whenever... And either one of FTR members get a singles match. It's always Dax Harwood. And he's always put over as a great singles guy as well. But who happens to be an awesome tag team wrestler too. But with singles opportunities, it's always Dax Harwood and he always knocks it out of the park.
0: Like, he really knows. This guy really knows how to work a match. He doesn't have to do a lot of shit. But he does minimum things and he makes it look legit. That's how this guy works.
1: Yes. And uh, we, I mentioned this before. Like, uh, whenever FTR, FTR, whenever they do their finishes, it's always the goodnight express or the big Ray. And uh, whenever, if it's one person who is picking up the win, it's always Dax Harvard. He always hits the brain buster for, to pick up the victory for his team. So they are putting over Dax as a singles guy too. But he's just like a singles guy who just wrestles. You know, who's just a worker's workers, worker. But uh, you couldn't have had an, a, anyone else better to pair him up with, with other than Park. And Park is a master at this. this match delivered on all fronts.
0: And uh, speaking about brain burst, that brain burst that Park did from the top probably looked the insane. Top.
1: Yeah, I mean I, w- I was scared for Dax at once. Dax. And uh, there was at one point where Park chopped him so hard, Dax Dax started to bleed from the chest. That, yeah, looked, it, that looked a it, it bit looked naive. like
0: he blade did a blade job over there. That <laughs> looked insane.
1: Yeah. It looked
0: gnarly, to say the least. But this—that's this, what you get when you get in, into the wrestling business. But this match really solid. And let's get uh, talk about the finish. Like it came out of nowhere. Like Park—they were doing some transition pack locks him in the brutalizer, and Harwood uh, he quickly decided to tap out. And uh, this- comment it has brought up that. Uh, this was a really good decision by Harwood. As you know, he has this big tag match in a couple of days, so we decided just to uh, submit and get out of this match. Basically, they are covering up for the finish. Like, they had to have Park win this match. So, what did you think about the finish, man?
1: Yeah, uh, it was very... I mean, if, the, if that is what they are implying, it was pretty smart because... At the end of the day, this singles match between Park and Dax. Shit, I'm really messing up the pronunciations. It was largely inconsequential. If anything, it was all about, you know, the revenge bit and uh, FTR doing the dirty business for Andrade. So that was pretty much the context of it. And when... Park locks him in the, into the brutalizer. Dax just immediately taps out because even if he won, it wasn't going to mean anything. He decided to preserve his energy for the main, the big tag match, attack title match coming up instead. So I, I kind of like how they did that. They even teased it during uh, the commentators. That is, they really teased it during Danielson versus uh, Romero. And then they were like, yeah, the, it is not too late. It is never too late to tap out now and just preserve your energy for your match versus Miro. So, I like, I like how this was applicable in this match instead of anyone, anywhere else.
0: So, we had a little post-match bit here. Uh, Cash Wheeler came out and we see a 2 on one attack. Then we see the Lucha Bros showing up. I think we saw Cody Rhodes in there. Uh, Cody
1: from the crowd. The level of self-awareness is like astounding.
0: Yeah, I think, I don't know why he did that, but he did that. Uh, We also saw Malachi Black and Andrade showing up and uh, everything led to a big brawl. And uh, we got to a point where we were thinking about what is the deal with Cody Rhodes, what's going on with Malachi Black, Andrade, where is this thing leading towards? So, I think they have announced Corey Rhodes and uh, Park versus Malachi Black and Andrade El Idolo at the pay-per-view. So, I mean, yeah. I don't think they should have done it at the pay-per-view.
1: Me neither. Mm-hmm. I, it, it would have been better if they did this match on Rampage instead, but I digress.
0: Yeah, it's just... Uh, I think uh, it's yet another scenario, like I said, with the Jericho inner circle, American top team being. It's just there to get the big names on the card.
1: Yeah, but they uh, Cody hasn't had a single, like a big marquee match this year. Except if you want to count uh, Anthony Ogogo. But uh, yeah, they could have done away because Cody didn't wrestle at full gear. Neither of these guys Uh, did. All out. (laughs) Yeah, all out. Shit, why, why why, do I keep messing up? I'm so sorry.
0: What, that, that, that's not any good when AW does quarterly pay per
1: Yeah, probably. Like No, it's even worse when there are monthly pay-per-views because you have to remember each and everything. But mm. uh, yeah, at all-out Cody didn't wrestle. So they, I, either they are making up for that because none of these guys had wrestled at uh, all-out. So they are just compensating for that, I guess. But it's, Weird, but I'm I'm uh, looking forward to this match either way because because of the level of talent involved. It's just that I'm not sure if uh, making it a tag match was the right call.
0: It is a very weird feud, right?
1: Yeah, like they've intertwined all of these stories together. For I'm mean, is rather you know the Cody Malakai stuff and the Andrade Park stuff. So it's now a tag team player. Because of that,
0: hey, listen, listen. So, Yo. okay, now you're doing it at the pay per view. It's fine and all. But is it there some, is will something else happen?
1: I mean, the Cody heel turn?
0: The Cody heel turn is one thing, but uh, this is an AEW pay per view, man. We need some surprises, right?
1: Who are you referring to, Vendum?
0: Uh, I think uh, that uh, that is a great spot to have Wyndham show up.
1: But you're referring to something else over here. Um.
0: Yeah, I think uh, you guessed it right. I'm am, I am referring Wyndham here, and I hmm. think this would be a great spot if he debuts and goes up to Cody.
1: Oh, and then Cody turns heel because of that—the hurt heel stuff.
0: Uh you can do something there. I think like oh at the end of the day, you could give this match a little bit more importance. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Elaborate. So,
0: yeah, like the match is going to be a fine, but uh, if you do something like a post-match bit where random shows of attack code, it's going to be even better. Hmm.
1: I think, yeah, that would make sense. But uh, I have my thoughts about all of this. I wouldn't want to repeat it, but yeah.
0: And it's not like there is a 99.9% chance when definitely shows up bit Full Gear because I think he's doing something else right now.
1: Yeah, uh, as sh- wow, Sapp, yeah, as per Sean Ross Sap. Yeah, I suppose Sean Ross Sap. he's been uh, like working on his feature film in Hollywood. And this was something that I wanted from the start. Once he left WWE, he was, I was like, yeah, he should, he should rather work in movies than wrestle again. And uh, if this is a thing that he keeps on doing, if he's successful at it, then why not? Great for him.
0: And even Tony Khan did a little mention of Windham on the uh, media scrum portfolio. Yeah. It was brought up this question about Windham. He said that he hasn't talked a lot with Windham. He like hasn't spoken he mentioned... since
1: for a year. Like the last time they yeah, met yeah. was at Chris Jericho's birthday party. And this is an answer he's been giving for a while. Like even before this, he appeared on the busted open radio, I think. And he had the same answer there. And I think in a few interviews before, too. So yeah, so, go, take it for what you can.
0: He there is a chance Windham shows up. And if he doesn't show up, then we know all the reasons why he didn't. Right. But anyways, man, uh, this match with this random tag match should be good. It's not going to be great because uh, the bar is high in terms of what match will steal the show for this paper. Easily. But uh, I think we have covered everything, man, regarding Dynamo. There is one
1: thing we forgot, actually. Uh, uh, before it was a hit uh, yeah.
0: had to the contract sign
1: yes it is the Miro promo yes he's like uh, Danielson I want like he's like do you know me do you know my god I'm trying to like do you know whether I have enmity with my god and then he's like I, he wants to go home in pride to his wife and he's like say goodbye to your wife and say hello to mine but there you go there was nothing much besides that
0: Really great, man. Uh, This uh, Miro character is so good that I heard Jim Cornette falling in love with this current Miro character.
1: Which is saying something.
0: Yeah. This is great, man. This is great stuff.
1: Yeah, this is probably his best iteration ever. Even when he was doing his, you know, the Russian hero and then the Rusev Day stuff and to now. We can. I mean, we can unanimously agree the best man stuff wasn't that great, but uh, this uh, Redeemer character has brought a new life, and this is some of the best work that he's ever done.
0: And, uh, yeah, I'm mean, pretty excited for his match with Daniels, and we'll do the prediction later on. Uh, and I think there is a guy who should uh, has to win this match, in my opinion. We'll get to it when we get That's to the right. prediction, but... Uh, should we get to the contract signing? Oh wait, I think we had this thing where they kind of hyped up the Ruby Soho and Chris Tatlander match with a bunch of promos.
1: Yes, uh, they had some interaction on Dark while Chris Tatlander was trying to save Ruby Soho. And that's that. And then Ruby is like, uh, I respect Chris, I respect you. I know you're a terrific worker and uh, like you've helped me through my early days in AW, you know, fending off various uh, people. But now when it comes for you, one-on-one respect don't mean shit. And then Chris Chris was just being nice about it. Hi, I'm Chris Atlander. I'm Galaxy's Greatest Alien. Nice to meet you. That's it.
0: Uh, that was a very underwhelming line from Chris. <laughs> yes. But anyways, man, at least they are putting in the efforts to make this match means something, and this promo packages are getting more time than the Queen's Crown tournament. Another uh, dig at that set tournament. But uh, moving on, we are,
1: are going to have a comment section flooded with hey, how can you do that?
0: Yeah, uh, fuck the drones. Uh, let's talk about <laughs> the contract signing between Kenny Omega and Adam Hangman pages for, you know, their upcoming World Championship match. The This whole segment overall was good, but still, man, it looked like a typical WWE contract sign. What did you think?
1: Yeah, it did. Like, the barbs that they exchanged with each other was great because there was, like, a lot of history to this and that's what they were referring to. But the end sequence was very WWE... At the ending of it, so you were really spot on with that.
0: And uh, like I think there was this one great line. Like there, it was a good back and forth. Kenny also came out really good on the mic, which is great. And like this, this one shot that Hangman took at uh, Kenny. Like didn't you had another tag team partner where you had you no know, something something like that? It, it was basically a yeah. shot like.
1: Bushy, like you thought that you would be better than him, and you went like you went at every length to make yourself better than him. So that was that was like a good line from Hangman. And then Kenny was like, I see myself in you. That's the reason why I tried to stay away from you because I didn't want to remind myself of failure. You are you are a failure, basically.
0: And he brought up something that Kenny said to Hangman after the at last year for you
1: yeah and then, like when Kenny defeated hangman, he just takes his hands like, good job, hangman. That stuck with me for so long because I was always reminded of how much of a failure I've been all this life, and it took years of you know courage to finally stand up for myself and here I am ch- challenging for your title.
0: but uh, as they as both men signed their contracts, I think Kenny Omega mm-hmm. wanted to do a mutual handshake uh, mm-hmm. with hangman and This was actually somewhat of distraction as we see this weird cameraman showing up. And he attacked Hangman with the camera and uh, it was revealed to be Don Callis. And before this segment started, I was actually wanting for some Don Callis. I actually missed him on TV. Hmm. So he finally made his presence. I uh, feel
1: it's a bit too late for it because if, if it's according to what everyone is predicting because Don Callis kind of added that oomph to Kenny's title run, you know. He was his manager. He used to put Kenny over. And Kenny can speak for himself, great. But that, you know, additional amount of big headness that Don Callis used to bring, that was solely missed, to be fair.
0: Yeah, I think he was missing for at least 50%. You know, he rarely showed up on Dynamite before before All Out came about.
1: After, rather, I think he, he was there for a while. Uh, because after all that, we had uh Danielson versus Kenny that uh, 30 minute match.
0: Yeah, basically, and, basically, what I'm saying is he didn't show up regularly hmm. on TV.
1: Yes, I think he he was really missing once uh, Hangman won the number one contendership for the championship match.
0: So, and that's what makes the Kenny Omega title run a little incomplete, in my opinion. Yeah. And But overall, it was good. Like, I think Kenny going into the paper, you say full solid heel now. And people want to see the hangman win the championship. So, good story.
1: Great story, Raval. This, this yeah, is what and- they've been wanting for so long. We are finally at the cusp of it. But all I'm hoping is please don't fuck it up. <laughs>
0: We'll get to that. We'll do the prediction bit. But uh, I think... uh, Can you point out what Don Carey stated in the little promo he did after Hangman got busted open with the camera and stuff? Uh,
1: I don't exactly remember what he said. He's like... uh, Well, you know, something like... I don't know. It was some reference. Uh, He he
0: said something like, is this the guy that you want to be um, want to see become world champion? He's not even ready yet something
1: like yeah that. something like that and then mm-hmm. hangman is busted open with the camera shot and then kenny signs the contract on hangman's behalf with his own blood i think the one that reminds me of it is uh, hogan versus vince mcmahon at uh, for mania mania 19 2003 they were having their own feud and that was a very good feud by the way like with the power of hindsight because yeah that, they they were talking that about
0: iconic who- promo
1: yeah, if you actually think I was just the right guy at the right place, and then he's like, "Let me try that one more time, brother," and then yeah, like with the hindsight, the story made a lot more sense because like Vince thought that he was responsible for Hulkamania, and Hal Hogan thought he was responsible for WWE's boom period. So it was a good, it was a good story itself. So it, that was great. So yeah, like I but remember that, this. the blood, yeah.
0: But regarding this bit, the two-year thing they have done, it is good. But still, man, I feel that the Kenny title run, there is something that are missing.
1: Yeah. It could have been a lot better than it was. But I don't have any major complaints about his title run, to be honest with you.
0: We'll talk in more in depth about it as we get to the prediction. But I think we covered the dynamite bit, top to bottom. Are we missing anything?
1: Mm, I don't think we are.
0: So I think it's time we get into the prediction part for full year. Do you have the card in front of you?
1: Yes, sir, I do.
0: Um, I think we they also announced a match for the kickoff. I think it's regarding involving the women. I guess
1: yes. So the pay show match is Nyla Rose and Jamie Hater versus Hikaru Shida and Thunder Rosa. This is in build up in build up to their uh, respective TBS title tournament matches. Who have we gotten by?
0: Babyface is going over.
1: Me too. Just to keep the crowd hot for the start.
0: Um. What else do we have on the main card side?
1: Okay, so I'll get into like it's in no particular order. So I feel this is going to start the ma- start the card. So I'll go for it anyway. It's uh, Brian Danielson versus Miro for the uh, the AEW World Championship Eliminator Final. Who have you gotten? by?
0: Miro for the win? Me too. <laughs> Yeah, Danielson is undefeated, he takes this loss against Miro, it won't hurt a lot, I guess.
1: Yes, and uh, given what the original plan was for Moxley to become the, to come out on top and then, uh, you know, turning heel and then beating the shit out of possibly, you know, whoever wins because Mox had story with both of these guys, has that. So, I'm also going for Miro because he'll make a great challenger. If Hangman wins, he's going to make a great challenger for like being the first in line to, you know, face Hangman for the rattle. And if Kenny wins, there is like a lot of, you know, the God complex between both of these guys. So, it's going to be a great feud nonetheless. So, yeah, yeah. Even, I'm, so, even I'm going for Miro.
0: Yeah, this the outcome of this match will decide the what's going to happen later on in the main event.
1: You could say that. It's, it's, it's like yeah, it's like a butterfly effect of sorts because from this and beyond this to probably a year or two later, so this match is going to have a major cause on what happens in aid future AEW programming.
0: And you mentioned Moxley here. Uh, it took me a while back then to realize what's the scenario with this finals and who's going to face for the championship. And then I realized that Moxley was going through this heel turn. If Moxley was in this scenario still, I would have still picked him going Me over too. winning this tournament.
1: Yeah, even I, I, was predicting Moxley from the start because you know, especially after like this tournament came about after Tony Khan leaked the card, so there was like a clear match that was that what they were uh, alluding to. And given what we know now, here we are.
0: But yeah, we pick Miro here. Uh, let's talk about this Minneapolis. Or is it a Minnesota street fight? Uh,
1: I mean, it's called Minneapolis street fight, but uh, Minneapolis is in Minnesota. So, you're not you're not wrong on either front. So, we have uh, the inner circle. That's Chris Jericho, Jake Hager, Sammy Guevara, Santana and Ortiz. Versus the men of the year, that's Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, and American top team, which is Junior Dos Santos, Andrei Arilovsky, and uh, Dan Lambert. Who have you got and why?
0: Inner Circle getting the win. That's the payoff, right? Uh, They have to kick Dan Lambert's
1: ass. Yes. I'm also going for Inner Circle because, I mean, the story writes itself. I mean, if the men of the year win, fine, because they'll get a lot of eyes on this, but I don't expect AEW to do that stuff for just a few, you know, mainstream buzz. But if the story is really about the inner circle being together, so I'm I'm picking inner circle as well.
0: And if the story continues, then you could go for the heels getting the victory.
1: I hope they don't because the heels have already gotten the win like twice or thrice now. Because there was that one tag match um Man of the year was jericho and Hager at uh, arthur ash and then they, they had the six-man tag where uh, Sami Guevara and junior Dos was getting involved so we had that as well and both the times american top team slash man of the year came out on top
0: i think there's a chance that gets involved right yeah i mean he
1: has to he has to get involved because it's an odq match. he can do whatever the fuck he wants
0: but yeah, we uh but still I'm picking in a circle to get the victory We'll see what happens. Uh, does that Ore Mazodal thing, uh, thing does continue? Maybe a singles match with Jericho God knows.
1: Yeah, prob- they, they could do that, but uh, yeah. I thought it would I thought Masvidal would be involved in this pay-per-view because I mean there are no rules and Jericho wanted to settle some scores with him after you know repeatedly getting need into the face.
0: Mm, but uh, moving on we have a another stipulation match. this is a false scout anywhere this is the super click, Adam Cole Bay, and the young bucks facing Jungle Jungle Boy Luchasaurus and Christian Cage uh, who you got?
1: this is tough okay like either one of these teams can win, I'll mention the reasons in a while but Uh, that's i mean yeah that's what makes this whole thing great because if you want the super click to win because obviously you have adam cole's momentum going on like he's on a hot streak and the bucks are also like leading into their more aggressive sides so both like and it's mainly about adam cole if i were to pick the super click but at the same time you want to put the babyface come out on top to not make them look like idiots because even they've been showing their aggressive sides and so far in this feud, they are the ones who kept getting punked out by the super clicker on every moment, except for that one when uh, Christian concerto Adam. This is tough. I would say I'll go for the baby faces this time. What about you?
0: Uh, I think you now will go with the, the baby faces, the baby face team to get the victory because I, if I'm not wrong, SuperClick won their last match at yeah. Artharaj, right?
1: Yeah, they had so, a six-man tag on, uh, yeah, on rampage. Yeah,
0: so, so uh, technically, I think you should give the victory to the baby faces. Eh?
1: Yeah, even I feel they should. And so, uh, yeah, it's it's like a lot. There are a lot more possibilities if the baby faces win because you know they can also get their singles' revenges later on. But uh, yeah, you know, I'm going for the baby faces.
0: So, yeah, man. But this match should be insane, I guess, seeing the stipulation.
1: Yeah, I mean, it really takes the oomph away from the Minneapolis Street fight. But I feel it's for the better because, you know, the men of the year feud isn't that interesting. This is like a lot more heated, and the promos have been top notch by both of these sides.
0: But uh, moving on, we have the AW Women's Championship match. This is Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, facing Ty Conti. The build to this match is very similar to Statlander, the match with Statlander and Baker at the last pay per view. No actual excitement. The match, uh, the last match at the pay per view turned out to be good. So expecting the same thing over here, but nothing much in terms of build.
1: Mm. yes uh, who have you gotten by
0: Uh bit baker retaining
1: easy same here yeah. because I mean there, well, is, there no, is a uh, very there... weird yeah
0: Yeah. weird possibility that Ty Conti gets the win but uh, there's no build man.
1: yeah it was just like she was just announced as the number one contender and then they had this Twitter feud about each other's you know what and besides that there's nothing much they had few matches and that's that that's the entire build to this which is very uh, but it's okay like you know you can just let that slide and it's easy picking for Britt Baker because and later on she has like a bigger fish to fry with probably Thunder Rosa or whoever else comes forth because I feel that this is the time her title reign is finally picking up, or it has already after the Saturday match. Like it has, it is, it is finally on the up, but not by much.
0: So uh, we both are selecting Britt Baker to retain her championship, but uh, uh, the situation with the AEW World Tag Team Championship. So this is the Lucha Bros facing FTR. Another weird possibility of FTR winning the Tag Team Championships here. But they already have beaten the Lucha Bros here. So, that's another, you know... It makes uh, this uh, whole matchup even more unpredictable, in my opinion.
1: Yes. You don't want to 50-50 most of these uh, matches, you know. But... Uh... I'm going for Lucha Bros because, I mean, they haven't really done much with the titles. And I expect them to keep it for a little longer. But at the same time, like they had, yeah, like I said, they haven't really done much with after winning the championship from the Young Bucks at All Out. And it was just there. They had few title matches and they, besides that, there's nothing really memorable. So probably this is what they are building on to uh, this match with FTR and, you know, moving on to bigger and better, better things from here. Um,
0: that's a very valid reason for, you know, Luchabra's retaining. Get that, that they should get more big wins for this title run. But uh, I'm picking FTR, man.
1: Oh, this is because, the first one we would differ on <laughs> so far. Yeah.
0: I don't think there's actually another top heel tag team that is, you know, that can uh, take the titles of a tag team like Lucha Bros. I think FTR is a great fit. So And it, then, also, it
1: also makes sense because FTR lost the titles at Full Gear last year and they didn't even get their uh, E-match.
0: So, I don't want Lucha Bros to lose, but uh, in terms of prediction, I'm picking FTR to get the tag team championships back. Mm,
1: Should be interesting. I mean, this is my, I would say this is my most, this is the match I'm most looking forward to simply because of my love for tag team wrestling. And I can't wait for this.
0: Yeah. Uh, Like I said previously, the bar is too high for, you know, match of the night contenders. Yep. But uh, yeah, man, this match should be great. Uh, let's talk about uh, Park and Cody Rhodes facing Andrade El Idolo and Malakai Black. So uh, I would say get the heel team the victory, Malachi and Andrade.
1: I'm also going for the heel team. Because, I mean, that yeah. is a bigger fish to fry for Cody. So, and the heels are exactly there to exploit that. And you don't want to see them lose yet. Especially Malakai not to lose again to Cody. At the same time, it makes, it'll, it'll not really mean something for Andrade as well if he loses again, because he's already lost like once or twice in AEW so far.
0: And I still have this strange feeling about Malakai getting involved with Andrade, I think he should still be his own entity. A loner, if you will.
1: He will be a loner beyond this. I don't think this association is going to last longer after this because it's like the your, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. My enemy. Yeah, the enemy uh, of my enemy is my friend. So that's what, is, that's what essentially the partnership of Cody and Park is. So...
0: Yeah, so... Uh, Like I said, we are picking the heels here to go over and I did that weird prediction early on of Wyndham showing up, so this could be a great scenario. Who knows? Yeah. But uh, uh, let's talk about CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston. The second, I don't know, it's still a debate. One of the most, you know, awaited match on the pay-per-view card. I'm picking Punk to get the victory.
1: It's a more safer pick, but uh, I'm I might go for Eddie this time because the story like if Eddie wins, the you know it couldn't be any better for CM Punk to take his l- first loss from, and it really puts Eddie over a lot like as this huge credible threat, and if he loses, it's going to be a Lance Archer situation who's going to be dominant against anyone else but, you know, the pseudo-jobbers to the stars thing. And I don't want Eddie Kingston in that particular purgatory. So, this is, it's only fair if he, like, you know, because I feel, like, this is a very wild prediction from me. He's going to become a world champion, but as somewhere, like, you know, two, three years from now. Or perhaps two. I'll keep it at that. Or at
0: least Next year, next year,
1: Probably, but I feel it's a bit too soon for that. But I would love if it, if it does. So at you this, want to, at yeah. this
0: point? At this point, he's at least the next three world champion in that line.
1: Yeah, possibly. So I feel that this should be the start of that. And uh, if Punk loses, it's okay. He should like. Because the, you don't want to keep his undefeated stream going for as long as it does, and like just panic on who else can he lose to, and there is like a you know a real a quote-unquote real life feud ingrained into it, so there is like legitimate. It looks like a legitimate heat. It's a work shoot basically. So I'm I'm going Friday Kingston. I mean I I'd be fine whoever wins, but yeah I'm picking ID.
0: And I'm picking uh, CM Punk here because, yeah, that editing giving Eddie Kingston a victory would be great but uh, depends. Or is there someone else on that roster who should, you know, be the one to have, uh, to beat, to, to be the first guy in AW to beat Punk?
1: I mean, there are a few candidates who are mostly at the upper bit card, but yeah, that's a topic for another time. If, yeah. however, if this result is Punk winning.
0: So, I'm picking Punk. You're picking Kingston. But moving on. Uh, MJF versus Darby Allen. I'm picking MJF because I think this win is what you know builds his momentum. Because, hands down, he's the next guy to uh, actually get the AW World Championship. After what happens with Omega and Page.
1: Same here. For the same reasons. I'm not going to repeat it. MJF
0: yeah like I think with the story and stuff Darby Allen will be still hot like it's not going to hurt like he already took a big loss with Punk he's still uh, the biggest act in the company and at another you know uh, high profile match here on the full gear card so yeah he should be fine
1: yeah he'll be okay and uh, if anything Darby is going to look like a beast if he loses when he loses depends because he's going to be over regardless his loss is not going to hurt him and whereas with mjf he's the like you mentioned he's next in line for being the aw world champion depending on what the outcome of the main event is
0: and um, speaking about the main event shall we get to it or are we forgetting something else
1: just hold on uh... Yeah, we've covered all.
0: So the AEW World Championship match, uh, Kenny Omega defending the belt against Adam Hangman Page. We got
1: Hangman. The story deserves its rightful conclusion, and uh, it better be Hangman based on the story that they've been telling us for the past two and a half years. Or perhaps more, depending like from the start of AEW, because he's always alluded to the fact that he promised everyone that he'll be the first AEW World Champion, and not being not keeping up that promise has eaten him alive all this while. And then that he descended into you know his uh, drinking problems and his depression and anxiety, and now like ever since returning back from his paternal leave, this. Is like the best version we've ever seen of Hangman, and uh, he's finally got his confidence back, so yeah, it has to be Hangman winning. I don't see it any other way. What about you?
0: Um, yeah, even I'm picking Hangman to you know finally get the big payoff of that, uh, him beating Omega for the world championship. I'm picking uh, pay- Hangman Page for that reason, but. Still, man, I think I mentioned it earlier on. The Kenny Omega world title run has been good for a year now. But still, man, there's something missing from it. Hmm.
1: Like, it's December 2nd will be uh, an official year since Kenny won the championship.
0: Yeah. But yeah, like I said, the title run has been good with all these great matches. It's had a bunch of here and there. I'm mm. talking about uh, him in AEW. But still, there is something missing about his title. I don't know what.
1: Yeah. A little bit of that pizzazz is missing. And Nirek, people have alluded to you know, him being a bit goofy and less of the seriousness. I don't think that's the case because that's basically Kenny Omega. He's like, when the big match comes, he's just at his highly focused self, you know, being the best wrestler in the world that he is and when it comes to like slightly lower card stuff he's a bit goofy and it's okay you know that, that's basically like i mentioned that's basically kenny omega's character he's the god of pro wrestling but when it's someone at the lower level than him he just tends to take it easy and then he gets paid off for it but he still comes out on top
0: yeah he has done a, i think he has done a good job for this title
1: yeah, I mean, I w- w- of the three title runs in AW, the world title runs, which has been your favorite?
0: Um, you are asking me which is the best title run?
1: Hmm.
0: Mm, I think every like Jericho was a really good champion, very important to the company. Moxley, you could say, in a weird way, was the workhorse like mm-hmm. going through those pandemic shows and he actually came off as a top star and this was uh, the
1: best moxley title run i mean in his career ever because he was briefly wwe champion he was also like a u.s heavyweight champion in new japan and also in wwe his wwe title reign left a lot to be desired it was a more to the creative than him and in uh, like the U.S. heavyweight championship run was I thought the first one was fantastic. The second one was hurt because of the pandemic. But after when you know things became a bit normal, he get he got better. You know with things. But this A.W. World Title run, he said that this was his. He felt that it was his best train ever, and there's no argument to that because you know that was the best version of John Moxley as the you know, the quote-unquote kingpin as what he was named in WWE, ironically.
0: And uh, Omega's title run, I think, has been even better compared no. to Moxley and Jericho because yes. he got to be the Kenny Omega best wrestler in the world guy. But uh, the part, the missing part was couldn't really establish a lot as a main event. As the top, I guess, mm
1: probably but uh, yeah even I, I'd say like yeah each title reign was different for its you know for what the situation was but Kenny's I feel Kenny's title reign has been like largely great like you mentioned there are a few missing pieces but it's fine you can overlook it for a little while but it, it's still going to bother you
0: yeah I think uh, let, let's see what our failing is going to be when if he drops the title at the pay per But uh, speaking about the prediction and stuff, there could be you know a weird thing where
1: they don't give Hangman the belt at the pay per
0: which is actually a risk in my opinion. So it is a huge risk
1: because like right yeah, they I think
0: man. listen listen listen. Yeah. I think they go the Louis Dangur part <laughs> where you know loses at the pay per and there is a Virginia show. Like uh, that's happening. That's basically Hangman's hometown, right? Hmm. You could do that match over there and have Hangman win at the in his own hometown the World Championship. That's good, but it doesn't feel very AEW-ish. Yeah. Of a WWE move. No,
1: if it was a WWE thing, he would still he would lose again in his hometown. So, yeah, but do. Even Bully Ray said that Kenny should win because of the heat, I'm like, fuck you guys. This is a story that's going on forever and it's high time it deserves its rightful payoffs. Why not just let us have it and not you know, do the WWE thing, Like they, they book from week to week, just don't keep it to that.
0: Uh, yeah, it's, it's a right time, right situation type of scenario, so yes, now you have the opportunity to just pull the trigger, I guess.
1: Yes, and you know he's going to return to his hometown as his rightful champion, as something that he promised to all his fans, and no better way to you know celebrate his title win in front of his own people.
0: Bro, just imagine if that doesn't happen, the Twitter is going to be wild for the next 24 hours
1: after yeah. the paper is done. Yes, and uh, they'll burn Tony Khan's effigies on street, on the street.
0: That's. Yeah, in technicality, that's, I don't know, just give the title to Hangman, I guess. Yeah,
1: it's high time.
0: <laughs> yeah, so those were our predictions, man. Pretty exciting card, really looking forward to.
1: Yeah, can't, can't wait for the show, man. So, like this weekend, okay, like Saturday, Sunday, it's, I mean, for any wrestling fan in India who also happens to watch cricket, it's still, it's a big time to look forward to and. Uh, yeah, should be good,
0: but before we leave, I think just guys
1: So, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Rid underscore Aman. And if you're watching this in video form, you can see it somewhere in the bottom corners.
0: And you can find Slam of Wrestling on Twitter at Slam of w, Instagram at Slam of Wrestling. You can catch this review on anchor and anchor on Spotify as well. This was the AW Dynamite review, and see you guys next time.
1: Ciao.